1: Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. For a Saturday afternoon, I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation. Welcome back, Mr. C. Thanks very much. Great to be here once again. It's good to have you with us, John. Lots in the news to talk about, and then we'll take a good long look around Metro Vancouver and talk real estate and prices. But let's talk about the news first. It is absolutely impossible for anyone in Canada not to know that the government is about to do something to the stress test. They're going to tweak it. They're going to drop it by what amounts to a third of a point. Give us some details, please, and then tell us what you think.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the stress test was one of the tools that was introduced um, by the federal government to calm markets like Toronto and Vancouver because, as we talked about years ago, uh, you know, things were getting kind of out of control. Oh, yeah. And uh, people were concerned about affordability and bubbles bursting and all these sorts of things. I'm glad to say that there was, there was no bubble bursting, but due to some of these um, tools that were introduced, like the stress test, which basically was a buffer zone for a, a buyer and a lender, if I had a certain amount of uh, income and good credit, I could borrow a certain amount of money. Based on the posted rates, but the feds didn't really want to see too many buyers with low equity max themselves out in case the market adjusted downward. Sure, And so, uh, you know, I think it was a great move at the time because... At the time, there was a lot of concern about the volatility in the market. Was it going to crash? Was it going to significantly drop? And I think that's a great measure. As you and I have talked about 2007 and 2008 in the U.S., what happened with people getting over their heads. Fannie
1: Mae and Freddie Mac and the, it turned into a disaster. People who shouldn't have got mortgages got too many of them, and the whole thing crashed. Yeah. So this was a, a, based on the experience of the next-door neighbors, John. Yes. This was a move the government felt pretty comfortable in taking. And I think it was a smart move.
0: Um, it was criticized partly from the real estate industry because it reduces buying power of of local buyers. Um, uh, Banks, uh, of course, maybe like the protective aspect of it, but of course they weren't lending as much money. And uh, there has been a bit of lobbying even on the part of consumers who say, hey, you know, I want to maximize my buying power. I'm in an expensive market and I need access to my full buying power. So there's been a little bit of lobbying going on for a while. And uh, recently uh, the feds announced that as of April 6th, there were going to be some changes. Now these aren't monumental changes. And these uh, apply to uh, insurance mortgages but really basically what they did was they, they allowed a little bit of flexibility. Rather than just go on the posted rate and adding that 2% buffer zone, they're going to look at the actual rates that, that banks are, are charging. So uh, the posted rate and what you pay, generally speaking, if you shop around for a mortgage, you can do better, yeah. you'll do better than the posted rate. Sure, yeah. But they were using that posted rate as the basis to add 2% to for, for qualifying for mortgages on these type of mortgages. So what they've done now is they've, they've allowed, uh, uh, well, as of April 6th, a buyer will be able to source out the best rate and then put the stress test on top of that and what I've read is that it might be about 30 basis
1: points which does translate into more buying power for consumers. Right. But does, does that automatically, John, if, if things go up uh, 30, per, 30 points to the advantage of the buyer does the market not respond by jacking prices up 30 points across the board? Is that not an automatic? It is fuel for the fire, I, I suppose.
0: You're giving buyers more ammunition to go out and compete against one another, right. and that was the whole idea, the stress test, to pull that back a exactly. little bit. Exactly, yeah. So it, it does do that, but it depends on the market conditions. If the market were to uh, remain weaker and decline, I don't think it would have that much of effect. If the market gets much more robust and buyers have a little more ammunition, they're likely to use all that ammunition, so... Yeah, there is a balance between uh, you know, how much, uh, how much uh, availability to mortgage funds uh, buyers locally have and the prices that are paid. It doesn't happen overnight, but yeah, I would
1: imagine it would have uh, an uplifting effect on market prices. John Carlson with us. Uh, Johnny Smartpoint, the website, friends. Lots more on this and Mr. Carlson's activities, including uh, many of the listings that you currently have. And let's talk, we're going to talk condos in a second, because that's a, a fairly significant right. part of the, the work that you do around Metro Vancouver. Uh, but I wanted to just talk about listings, period, and spring. Last spring, you and I have been doing this for a couple of years now, John. We've been through actual, an actual hill and a valley already. And last spring was definitely a valley. The spring, and you've identified this dozens of times, on CKNW. Spring is traditionally the raging busiest time of the year period for the real estate business. Spring 2019, not so much. It was pretty flat last year. What are you predicting for 2020? Well, what I'm seeing already are
0: signs that the market is in a rebound phase. Uh, the stress test may help that a little bit, but um, I'm seeing not that I'm not that I'm seeing um, fanatic multiple offer situations with buyers going crazy and writing offers with no conditions and that sort of thing. No, I'm not seeing that. But I can tell you, I've had a multiple offer situation recently on one of my listings. Many now, of my colleagues have talked last about last time you were with us. Yeah, and here's why: I think that uh, you know people were scared last year with the market, and a lot of people backed away, and that's why we saw historic low numbers in terms terms of sales throughout greater Vancouver and the right. Fraser Valley, uh, throughout all segments. Um, but again, this is a very robust kind of a real estate market and uh, uh, people have jumped back in the market and re- I think realized the sky didn't fall. And if you have a, a lot of people, they're put off making a move. Maybe they had another child and needed a bigger place or for whatever reason, people kind of step back. What I'm seeing now is buyers stepping into a market and the in most segments anyways, the listing inventory has not really bloomed yet. It yeah. started. So the, the market's a little bit picked over. There's some. We had a strong finish to last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of the good inventory was soaked up after sitting for, for quite a while. And then we went through the uh, Christmas and winter season with the snow and that sort of thing. And I know uh, from talking to a lot of people that there are a lot of new listings that are going to be hitting the market in the next month or so over the spring, as typical. But the buyers have jumped in now and they're snatching up the inventory and I'm seeing some pretty good healthy sales. Um, Just anecdotally, I've got some clients who were considering writing an offer on a property, a house in Mission, and uh, we just got word that there's another offer coming in already. So this is potentially another multiple offer situation. So what I'm seeing now is a trend that leads the market to uh, pick up a little bit, probably in prices of the the affordable segments uh, because buyers are gobbling up that inventory where last year in January and February, that inventory was stacking up and buyers were staying Away from it, and that's what generally causes prices to come down mm-hmm. as sellers try to be more uh, competitive. You know, oftentimes they have to reduce prices, but I'm seeing the opposite right now. I wouldn't be surprised to see a you know, a modest pickup in prices. And the people that I'm talking to right now, I'm suggesting, hey, you know, again, depending on the segment and the price range. I generally go in to do an evaluation, I'll give people a range. I don't pick a number and say, your house will sell for oh, this, sure. right, right. because I can't say that. Mm-hmm. But, um, if I give them a range, I'm recommending the high end of the range in a lot of sections now, uh, segments now, because the lack of good competition uh, and the availability of active, ready, willing, and able buyers in the market in these segments, leads me to believe that uh, prices are picking up a bit.
1: So, there are more people, really, now, just out and about looking to buy in Metro Vancouver, you're saying, John, than there are houses or uh, a Accommodations available for them to buy not necessarily
0: that there 's more buyers than listings, no okay, but the buyers have come back, and the ratios are so much better than last okay. year the ratios were terrible last year. Yes. you could have a good listing, you could price it very well and still sit on the market for three months because buyers were very concerned low ball offers might come in or. You know buyers were a little bit scared to really step up to the plate financially. I see a totally different situation this year. Buyers are not going crazy and opening their wallets and dumping them out but and they 're being selective. But those good listings that are priced well and meet the needs of the consumers those consumers have grown in the market this year compared to last year. The inventory is slightly less, so the ratios are much more balanced, let's just say. And a buyer uh, can still take their time, but a seller uh, can be on the market and maybe not have to price sharp to sell. Whereas last year, January, February, March, April, May, you probably had to price pretty sharp to get a buyer. Right now, I think it favors sellers more than last year, and we're more at a balanced market, and I think it'll continue to favor sellers a little bit more as these next few months uh, progress.
1: In the course of last year, you changed the address of your website to johnnysmartpoint.ca, and then you told us a lot last year about what the smart point is. So now it's coming up to the action time of the year, right. spring 2020. Talk to us more about the smart point. It's all about being properly and wisely, smartly positioned in the marketplace, right? That's right. And price is only one part of that. And really,
0: uh, to me, people ask me, "Hey, what is, what is this smart point? And uh, you know, I tell people, as a potential seller of a home, let's say, you have a lot of options to you. You can put a sign on your yard and sell it yourself. Sure. You can hire somebody from a big company and pay 7% of the first hundred and two and a half of the balance or more. Uh, There are other business models where they'll sell you a sign and put you on MLS, but they don't represent you. And Mm -hmm. the the whole industry has kind of opened up to different ideas and different business models. And I've worked at a number of them. I mean, Mm -hmm. I worked in the big companies at seven and two and a half for many years. I've worked at companies that you might call uh, uh, like really extreme sort of discount companies when the market was hot. There's all kinds of different models out there. But what I suggest to people is the smart point is first of all, you want a good agent regardless of commission. You want someone who's experienced and someone who's got a good track record and knows how to do a good job. But most people maybe don't want to spend pay those great big commissions that some of their neighbors have paid. And let's face it, if you have a million dollar house it's easy to do and you're paying seven and two and a half, those numbers add up pretty quick. Yep. So the smart point for me aside from pricing and positioning and marketing your home is what I offer people is a high level of experience and trustworthiness and uh, ability to get the job done, combined with the savings over most agents. I mean, I'll save people generally, what, 30%, 40% or more compared to what they're getting quoted from other agents in commission. So well, to
1: I, me, I, that's the smart point. I've got the grid open right in front of me here, friends. It's johnnysmartpoint.ca, and halfway down the uh, home page, there's a how much will you save grid, and all the numbers are right there in black and white. Uh, let's take that million-dollar property you were just referencing, John, which is it's a pretty typical number for Metro Vancouver these days. Uh, most other brokers, the commission on the sale of that home, is referencing that 7% and 2.5% model that you talked about, uh, most other brokers would uh, make a commission about twenty dollars close to 30000 bucks. Your commission at 2% Realty, is $20,000. The savings is, well, close to 10 grand. That's cash, hard-earned, after-tax dollars you get
0: to keep. That's right. And uh, again, that, it, to me, is the smart point. You want to put as much money as you can in your pocket while, you know, when you sell your home. So I've positioned myself uh, where I think uh, the, the savings are maximized and uh, you get the results that, that you're looking for. I think it's important to note that a commission, again, at, at 2% Realty West Coast. We charge 2% of the sale price at anything over $400,000. So right. uh, the savings is always there compared to the seven and two and a half model. Now, there are different models out there, but compared to most agents, we're saving quite a bit. And I think you need to think about this. When we're at 2% Realty, 1% commission for the buyer side and 1% co- for, the, for the selling side. So we're offering out a commission to buyers that is reasonable. It might not be... Um, uh, the, the full seven and two and a half, but right. it's also not the, uh, you know, we're not offering 25% of what these other guys might be offering because in a market where uh, agents are experienced fewer sales and buyers have a little more time, I think that. You know, your starting point in negotiation is important, and that's another part of the smart point. I will save you money, but I think it's important to have a commission that is at least in the reasonable range to facilitate a sale. Now, everything's negotiable, and again, that's why you want a good experienced agent, and I have lots of experience negotiating sale prices and commissions and all that stuff. But for me, where I position my business, 2% realty. 2% 2% commissions, saving people money while providing what I think is among the the best service that you can find anywhere in Greater Vancouver 20, or the Fraser Valley.
1: 24 years in the real estate business, uh, and at least half of that career with uh, the big house and uh, the, the big commission companies, and then you change business models, and it's all about it's all about boots on the ground thousand homes sold in your career as a a, a president's club realtor in in metro vancouver john i want to ask you about those multiple offers we've only got a minute or so before the news so tell me uh can my question is this when we used to have multiple offer situations a year and a half ago a person a buyer a potential buyer would have maybe 10 or 15 minutes to say yeah i want to buy that property and, and 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 next if you don't want to write us an offer and, and cut us a check, next. Right. So uh, now you were talking already about multiple offers in 2020. What's the difference? Well, I think that the cream of the crop in any market, there are always,
0: even in the worst markets, there are properties that are going to get multiple offers. Sure. I mean, if you're worth, worth roughly a million dollars and you off, uh, you list for $8.99, you're going to get multiple offers probably. The difference this year is that the buyers are much more selective. Um, there are statistically i don't have numbers i 'm talking anecdotally here, but statistically, there are far fewer multiple offers you know in terms of how many listings are out there okay so it 's still the cream of the crop um, is getting multiple offers but one thing i 'm finding with multiple offer situations before you might have people thirty fifty grand over people are generally staying relatively close to list price and trying to keep it close because again it's still a competitive market.
1: And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. John Carlson is with us from 2% Realty West Coast. And John, before the news, I, I teased our listeners with this condo stuff because it's been all over the news for the last few weeks, let alone the last few days. A significant portion of the work that you do as a realtor in Metro Vancouver involves buyers and sellers of condo properties. So what's up with condo insurance? Why all of a sudden is it a news item and why does it appear to be so hard to get? You know, this is something that's really hitting some people hard, and I, I think this
0: will be uh, you'll will be hearing about this in the press for some time to come. Sounds like it. Um, and and as just to recap, we're finding people in certain condo buildings their strata properties where their insurance rates uh, go from they might go up fifty percent up to three hundred percent. And um, you know, it's interestingly enough, I have a client that I've worked with a few times, and I just went with, met with her this week. We may be working together again. And she was in the for many years in the industry actually insurance in the strata property insurance. And, uh, you know, if you read the papers and listen to radio programs like this, you'll hear, you know, the facts that these insurance companies are finding that um, costs are going up. Um, you know, the, their liability is is getting quite high. And my client was telling me, you know, John, they, these companies are not making a whole lot of money uh, on some of these buildings, maybe older buildings that are more prone to have plumbing leaks or whatever, sure, right. or roof leaks. Mm-hmm. And we had that whole leaky condo crisis Whoa. in our back minds. Did we ever. Or if you're in a high rise and, you, you know, again, water is a big part of it. You, you're, you, you, your kitchen tap goes and you're on holiday and it suddenly 10 floors below you are ruined. Mm-hmm. These insurance companies are finding the cost to repair are high and they don't seem as interested in taking these projects on. And let's face it, insurance is a bunch of actuaries figuring things out and saying, hey, where do we want to go and where do we not want to go? Mm -hmm. And as a result of there being somewhat limited, a limited number of insurers, and some of them are not that keen on taking on higher risk properties that have the potential for some big payouts. What we're finding is, I think, just like any business, if you're a contractor and you're too busy and someone wants a quote, you go, well, hey, I'm going to throw this number at you and if I get the job, great. But if I don't no problem because sure. I don't really want it anyway. Mm-hmm. I think there's some of that maybe in this insurance um, thing right now. So, if you're looking to sell a condo, or if you're a buyer looking to buy a condominium or maybe a townhouse, one of the first questions you want to ask right now is, "Hey, where's the insurance? What's the insurance situation at? Have we renewed our insurance recently? Is it coming up for renewal? Have we got any quotes? Because." it's not only the risk that um, you know if we're not covered by insurance that you know we're we're at risk of losing our investment but lenders won't lend mortgage money on a property that's not insured. You can't even
1: sell if you don't have insurance. Absolutely. I was just about to include that. You can't get a mortgage if you don't have insurance. It's just not going to happen. So you're the, let's boil this down to where the rubber meets the road for a realtor like yourself, John. Is this going to make selling condominiums more difficult because buyers coming into the game may be frightened off by unknown insurance realities down the road? I think
0: there is a negative connotation out there and people are are a little bit concerned, rightfully concerned about it and and worried about it to some degree. So, um, you know, here's what I think. This is all the more reason to have a professional on your side who can get into the details and take a look and give you some good advice. Now, I'm not an insurance broker, but I read a lot of uh, Strata AGMs and insurance documents. And if things get confusing, I can always refer people to a a lawyer or an insurance agent. But having a good professional on your side, I think is key. And I think that the buyer's Out there, potential buyers looking for strata properties and condo properties are now more aware of this potential issue. And I think this is going to carry through the press. We'll probably be talking about this on and off for the next couple of months. Sounds like it, yeah. As much as anyone else, I'm very curious to find out what the solutions might be.
1: Okay. Now, as we look at the spring of 2020 around Metro Vancouver, and you uh, deal with most of the Metro Vancouver area, uh, what? Where do you see the biggest rise in activity, the biggest area of activity, single-family homes, John, condos or townhouses that we were just discussing, uh, rural properties with acreage? Where are, pe- where, do, where are people going to be most active over the next few months? You know,
0: that's a good question, and I'm not sure there's an easy, simple answer Um The affordable properties are always the ones that tend to respond best to uh, uh, some market stimulation or an upswing because they're the properties that have the largest pool of potential buyers. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are going to be probably, you know, continue to be a big part of the sales in greater Vancouver and throughout the Fraser Valley. I'm really uh, excited about uh, detached housing in some of the areas a little bit further east, Port Coquitlam, Coquitlam, Maple Ridge, Mission, Abbotsford. Uh, particularly new properties. There's a, you know, brand new detached houses. There's a little bit of a different formula now, maybe some smaller lots. Uh,
1: Subdivisions, also. Sub lot, lots of that going in South Surrey, too. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And those te- uh, tend to be t- pretty popular. People looking for maybe uh, a mortgage helper with a legal basement suite. And yep. these are some of the things the newer houses offer. So I like that segment as well. Um, Prices, uh, properties that are priced well is always a big part of back it in to any the segment. smart point. We're right back to that, aren't that's we? That's right. And know the environment you're in. If you're, again, in the ultra high-end market, uh, that's a different story, most likely. Sure. And I'm not anticipating uh, you know a big rush to these properties because of some of the other foreign buyers' taxes and all these other things. Um, but again... Good segments with buyers who have maybe been waiting and now are looking to make the purchase after leaving last year on the shelf because they were a little bit concerned about what the market was doing. Now they're back in. The inventory seems to be somewhat limited and it is going to bloom. It's going to really develop in the next little while. But these properties where mom and dad's looking for houses, families, young families, condos, these will be popular if They're good properties, they're priced well, and of course, if you can get insurance.
1: And there's an external factor to all of this, too. And we've talked about this before, and we were fortunate a few months back to have the director of planning for the Metro Vancouver Water District with us. Interesting fellow, in charge literally of planning for water, adequate water supplies for the future for this area. Their new number is 35,000. They plan on an influx of 35,000 new people into Metro Vancouver every year. And Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum just last week brought those numbers down to an even finer point. Surrey is growing at a rate of 1,400 people per month. Mm. So again, this is just external forces coming into the marketplace, John, let alone what's already going on with the people who are here. That's an excellent point. And talking to
0: investors, because I do quite often, I think that the mood on the part of investors has a lot to do with what you just said. Um, some people are seeing the market in certain segments as this is a buying opportunity. I think there might already be signs that prices are going to push up a little bit, and we're going to see how that, how that goes. But you're absolutely right. This This market in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, is it doesn't stay down long. You Mm -hmm. cannot keep it on the mat. And sure, we took a couple of hard punches and the market looked like it was down, but it's springing up. And I think things are going to start blooming and swinging again. And, uh, you know, maybe this is a buying moment for people because long-term, the prognosis
1: of real estate in greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley is very rosy. Yeah, exactly. And last year, one of the complaints, for 2019 was a comparatively quiet year, uh, and better as the year went along, the reverse of what usually happens in a typical real estate year. But now that we're into a new a new uh, year, a new format, um, I, I want to just quote here from, from the, the website. At Two Percent Realty West Coast, we believe in believe rather in giving our clients the full real estate experience, yet allowing them to keep more of their investment. It's a question that you and I have dealt with on this program umpteen times in the past, and yet I betcha every time you have a cup of coffee with a new client, they ask it too. Yes, how can you possibly make less and deliver the same degree of service and professionalism that your competitors
0: do? That's a good question, one that I have to answer often. And it's an honest question. It's a fair question. Uh, I respond with this. Um, You know, I've been in the business a number of years and done a lot of sales. And I am fortunate that I have a lot of past clients sending me business. I'm always looking for more business. So Mm -hmm. don't feel, don't be afraid to go to my website and give me a call. Uh, But I do a lot of volume. And um, the average realtor, the average agent, uh, I'd have to check the numbers. But over the last few years, maybe it's four or five sales a year or six. And if you're spending a lot of your time hunting for business, then, of course, your funds don't go that far. So I'm in an advantage position where I can uh, do a great business. And I don't cut corners. I mean, photos, 3D tours, open houses, MLS, everything, you know, pretty much everything we do. Um, and I don't have to cut corners, but I, at the same time, I can afford to work for those. And I love doing it. Quite frankly, I have a lot of, well, they've called in, you've heard a lot of testimonials over the last couple of years, people calling in and say, and I get that now, Hey, John, I called you into my home, not necessarily because I want to save money, although that sounds great to me, but I want somebody that I can trust who knows the market, who's going to do a good job for me. And again, there's the smart point. If people can get a good value proposition without, you know, discounting or losing in quality. Uh, that's really a smart move for people to make. So I get that question. I work on volume. I have a great business. I'm satisfied with it. And really the best endorsement, I, you know, the clients that call in and say, hey, we sold our house. We did great. And we saved money compared to the other agents we talked to.
1: Right. Now talk, uh, talk to us a little bit more about navigating the maze, which is my phrase that I use when it comes to being a buyer or a seller. I've been there on both ends, John, in this market. I know what I'm talking about. For the, the average person who does one real estate deal every eight to 10 years, it's a maze, and it's a different maze every time you come back to it. Right. So navigating the maze, I mean, even this notion you were suggesting a few minutes ago, when you are you you take a client to a new a condo, a prospective condo, to view, you have to teach these people the right questions to ask. Right. Because if you don't ask the questions, the seller isn't necessarily going to volunteer the information. They'll happily take your money and sign on the dotted line. Sure. So part of navigating the maze is Understanding that there's a maze in the first place, and a lot of stuff that needs to be understood, and a, a, a pro with a couple of decades of experience, a couple of dozen years of experience, is really the best asset you can you can rally to your cause. Well, you're absolutely right. Um, knowing the environment you're operating in is is
0: the first part of the battle really because then you can make decisions on how you want to conduct yourself and right. how you want to strategize and uh, really i mean the best way to know what's going on in the environment you're operating in or likely to be operating in in the next month two or three if you're not ready to sell today is to talk to somebody like me who's doing a lot of business and i kind of see myself kind of you know you and i are football fans we enjoyed the super bowl and it was a great time and sure. i kind of think that you know a good agent is kind of like a quarterback but also kind of like the coach calling the plays and um uh, you know, I don't make decisions for my clients, but if I can explain to them the defense that they're up against and what the strengths and what the weaknesses are and what our strengths might be and how we might want to position ourselves, we can make some good moves and we can be successful. And a good quarterback who can think on his feet is really uh, key when it comes time to the crunch time and, you know, trying to drive that ball over the finish line and get the touchdown. And so to use a football analogy, because we're both kind of football guys, that's, that's how I see myself. I'm not a decision maker, mm-hmm. but I'm somebody who can bring a wealth of experience to a potential seller and give them the of the land and suggest some strategies for them, listen to them and understand what their goals are, and then we put it all together. The goal is always to maximize the sale, get the best sale price, make it easy, and sometimes coordinate it with a purchase so it's a smooth move.
1: That's the game plan. And and, and part of that game plan, one aspect of developing and, and maintaining and executing a strategy is something called defending your position. You establish a price that is going to be, you think, approachable and attractive to the market, and then you have to be prepared to defend that price. And that is something that a lot of people don't even understand there. Well, how, how come you want X for your house? That's right. Well, here are the reasons and here's why. And that's, that's what you, where you step in and that, then a little coaching goes a long way. It does. And some listing propositions, value propositions are self-evident.
0: I mean, you right. list a house at a really good price, you're motivated to sell. You know, the market takes care of those things. I don't decide where the market is, but I interpret the market and try to give give good advice. So, uh, you know, absolutely, it it pays to have somebody who knows what they're doing and give you, um, you know, the right sort of uh,
1: game plan. So I'm on johnnysmartpoint.ca, and right here, as you pull the website up, 2% Realty right there on the top, and then it says, request free market evaluation. There's a green button for you to click on. If I do that, uh, and and, uh, obviously it'll go to you in the form of an email through the website. That's right. How long typically would it take for someone from your team to get back to me? Oh, I'll get back to people real quick. Most of the and it time... it won't be someone, it'll be you? It'll be me. Yeah, I get back to people directly
0: uh, with these kind of important sort of questions. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm in an appointment, I've got my phone, I'll see the email, I can't call right away, uh, but usually it's within a couple of hours, same day, uh,
1: you know, pretty much guaranteed. Okay, and again, the opportunity is to, and a free market evaluation, if, for example, and you're you're speculating that a lot of people who've been sitting on their hands for the last year in an Kind of a mishmashy 2019 are ready to get back into the game and, oh, yeah. and, and and get going again. So if you've spent a year sitting on your hands and you had a number that's a year old, it's not any good anymore, is it, in terms of value of your house in today's market? No, absolutely.
0: And uh, and I think the trend is, is reversing, as we've said. Two weeks ago, we met on the show and we talked and I was optimistic about the spring market. Today, two weeks later, I'm more optimistic than I was. I'm not predicting or considering or, uh, a runaway market. But yes, you definitely want to get your new evaluation because I think we're in an environment now where sell are going to have a little bit more leverage again.
1: All right, here's the number to do just that. 604-612-0080. 604-612-0080. John Carlson is officially released for good behavior. You can call him right now. 604-612-0080. John, thanks for this. Have a great day. And I'll be back in two weeks. The th- proceeding was a paid commercial program.
0: Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser.
1: The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.